0: hey everybody welcome to becoming legendary a podcast from Vitality, where we get the opportunity to talk to people from all walks of life about their personal journeys towards becoming legend this week the incredibly talented mary bruce joins us and we talk about just a wide wide variety of things um Really focus in on the passion required to overcome the struggles of becoming a yoga teacher, rescuing cats, the importance of the inward journey and self discovery, and Mary's time touring with the band Sugarland as the band's private yoga instructor. Mary has recently become a para yoga level three certified instructor. She is one of only a handful of individuals on this planet that have achieved that accomplishment. And Mary just absolutely exudes yoga. I hope you guys love and enjoy this episode. Without further ado, Becoming Legendary with Mary Bruce. There are- Maximize every opportunity so that you, can become, you can become legendary. What adjustments can you make right now to best. make yourself one percent better? Your only better? goal is to be the best version of you. All right, Mary, welcome to Becoming Legendary.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Patrick.
0: So you're fresh out of the float tank? I am. Life is feeling good.
1: It is. <laughs>
0: I I start every single episode with this question, so um, regulars are used to this. What does your typical day look like?
1: What does my typical day look like? Okay. Uh, Well, I get up, and um, I have to attend to the cats first. (laughs) Otherwise, I can't (laughs) attend to myself. So I go feed the cats, and then I just do my daily routine. I do my daily avyanga, scrape the tongue, um, brush my teeth, uh, splash water on my face, uh, drink some water, and then get ready to sit down and do a morning practice. And uh, morning practice for me is meditation. Okay. So just doing, you know, the minimal amount of asana just to be efficient, so that I can sit comfortably. Yeah. And um, and gain inspiration for the day. Okay. And so then after that, I'll have my breakfast and get ready for work.
0: Which is which also varies every day.
1: Which varies every day, yeah, so yeah. it depends upon the day, but generally I'm pretty lucky. I don't teach until 10.30 on um, um, Tuesdays and Thursdays, Fridays at 9 o'clock, and then Monday and Wednesdays a little different. I may have some privates or uh, other things, but I, I don't really start until 4.30, but then I go late. I go till 9.30 at night doing teacher training.
0: Okay. So, so there's a lot, I already have a lot out of that. One, I really like the the idea that you kind of included in daily ritual a, a daily meditation right and it, and it packed right in if you listen to how you unpack that really closely it's like brush tongue, brush teeth meditation mm-hmm. like brush tongue, brush teeth, brush brain.
1: <laughs> exactly you get it. <laughs> um,
0: which is I think I think it's one of those that it really is it's flossing is the like, is the generic term of that thing that we need to do, right? right? But meditation is that thing that we need to do, that that grounding and whatever whatever form or modality of meditation that serves you, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But taking that little piece of the day and giving it to yourself, huge, huge thing that I think is missing from, from life,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> from this life that yeah. we're all living right yeah. now. And I liked how you packed it into to the actual physical care. Mm-hmm. Um, start out the day with the cats. Mm-hmm. What's <laughs> what's the cat story? Give me how many cats are you talking about? Oh no, I am not the cat, lady. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I have rescued some from yeah. the neighborhood, Kay. and so I have three. Okay. And uh, yeah, they're they're my buds, and um, yeah, so they cool. they hang out with me and. Cool. And, uh, they won't let me attend to myself until I attend to them. So
0: can them away like that. <laughs> um, you really do. Yeah that's, yeah, that's awesome. So you brought some in from the neighborhood.
1: Yeah. So they were all um, born in the neighborhood. They were, you know, came from feral mothers. And yeah. looked, uh, so really you could say I was the kitten lady. So yeah, there the you go. <laughs> and um, along the way of giving them away and giving them good homes, some of them became mine and and then I, um, along with another neighbor lady, we trap, neuter, and release cool. so that we don't keep the population yeah. overgrown. Okay. Growing. One little gal, one little, one little girl from um, last year that I need to catch and get fixed. The rest of them are fixed. So cool. I feed some in the neighborhood outside.
0: Cool. <laughs> the, other, the other thing that we've already, we've already got to is this concept um, that you, you've been able to create a life as a yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. Right, which is something that I think there's a lot of aspiration around, right. and a lot of, and very few people who have actually been able to manifest this as as a sole profession, right. um, as a sole way of giving of giving and spending your energy. Yeah. So, one, how, how did how what what do you think might be the key thing that allowed you to do that?
1: Um, hmm. Passion. Yeah. Uh, And dharma, you know, purpose, knowing that this is what I am supposed to do to share with the world. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a little bit of background in and out of college and going to school for nursing and dropping out and then going for interior design and dropping out, waiting tables, tending bar, making some good money. Yeah. And then going, you know, I don't really want to do that the rest of my life. Yeah. So taking um, a yoga class while I took a career counseling course back in 1995 and um, fell in love with yoga and then did my first teacher training in 1997 and uh, started teaching right away. I didn't think I would be teaching right away, but I did. I really just wanted more information for me, okay. you know, to learn how to live better. Yeah. And um, slowly but surely I worked myself out of the restaurant business and more and more opportunities came to me. And I just, I taught classes really all over the valley, in Phoenix and Scottsdale and Chandler and Mesa and Tempe, just all over, doing a lot of classes. And then I think that um, the liberties and the privilege that I have come from my own hunger as, uh, as being a student. So I remain teachable. I have a teacher and I study with him every year and I just, you know, voraciously took workshops and so grew my knowledge, and then that spills out into my teaching. So more opportunities came, yeah. and I started doing workshops, and then traveling to other countries to teach and, and um, teacher training, and so then that grew my presence as well. So yeah. it's challenging, though I will admit I would it would I would not want to be a new teacher starting out <laughs> because it's just so oversaturated right now. Yeah, and that's not to say you can't. Right. it's like you know you can create the opportunities if you. Um, follow your passion, remain hungry, and remain teachable. Yeah. I think mean, what's uh, challenging today too is that not very many teachers have teachers. They do their 200 hour mm-hmm. and then they go out and they have a job so-called versus mm-hmm. um, a calling. Mm-hmm. And then I think if you have a calling and it's your dharma and your purpose, then you'll find that you can have a sustainable life. Mm-hmm.
0: And And I think... I think you you touched on it a few times the the almost necessity to continually be expanding um your your kind of your presence and and also your knowledge base right mm-hmm. it, I I think that's one of the more interesting things where because because of the way that um yoga teacher trainings have really been commoditized in a, in a mm-hmm. lot of ways right there's there's now this Okay, we've granted you a, a certificate. Mm-hmm. Here's your piece of paper, and there you go, you're right. on your own. Um, and, and people view that as kind of like, okay, I've graduated on from this point. I don't need to I don't need to continue to expand my 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 practice sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I it's it's somewhat troubling how many how many teachers you can you can interact with who don't have their own yoga practice. Right um or or any practice (laughs) which is which is scary to me i i feel like if we could if we could find a way i think your determination kind of speaks to that right you need to have that connection and once you have that connection and passion determination it's a lot easier to find (laughs) so it sounds sounds like you went from a corporate yoga class yeah that you fell in love with yoga at a corporate I, yoga class?
1: Well, it was at a community college. I'm okay. Like, yeah. Okay. But I still got the essence of it during yeah. that very first Shavasana. I yeah. I didn't know what it was. I just knew that we moved through some, you know, movements. And they called them poses and, yeah. and then told us to lay down. And, and uh, you know, for, I don't even know how long it was at the community college, maybe five minutes, but I got a taste of that. And what I got a taste, of it, it was something beyond my personality. And it was like the first time in you know over 30 years that I was like, "Oh, well, there was nothing wrong with me. And I just mm. wanted more and more of that. To, yeah. you know, have that, that expansion that you know widened my view, my, my narrow view at the time of the world. so it expanded that and it just kept shifting and shifting and, and uh, you know helped me surpass my conditioning, <laughs> so to speak.
0: Yeah. So so that's really and, and you remember that from your very first shavasana. Oh, absolutely. Like getting a mental break yeah, from yeah. the from the internal dialogue.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that is why I am here today, <laughs> <laughs> doing what I do. Yeah, I was like, I gotta have more of that. That's I didn't incredible. Know that's what I was looking for. Yeah, but that's what I was looking for.
0: And yeah, that immediate connection. Immediate.
1: Yeah, it was like unknowing, like a coming home.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. that's that's perfect yeah coming yeah. home to right where you're supposed to be yeah
1: you know it's funny uh, can i tell you a story
0: yeah tell stories <laughs> so that just
1: um triggered something for me you know i said it felt like a coming home i was um teaching in switzerland and uh, in geneva at uh, my friend's studio and she or her husband owned and just outside of geneva neon and um I took a class with her, and she teaches in both French and English. And then I was taking a class with her uh, husband Philippe. And I asked him, I said, "Are you going to teach in English?" He said, "No, French. <laughs> so you're just going to have to deal." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and uh, then I realized that Sanskrit is a universal language. So when he's teaching the poses, I'm totally able to, you know, yeah, uh, keep up with it. And then for Shavasana, he was, you know, we're laying down, our eyes are closed, and he's talking, he's talking in French, and I'm like, oh, I wish I knew what he was saying, but it's so lovely.
0: And then I get to
1: that little liminal space that's between wakefulness and sleep, and I have no idea why this song popped into my head, because it's not something that's in my repertoire that I would listen to, or even, you know, it was like 20, 30 years ago that I heard it. But John Denver's song... Country roads, take me home. Mm-hmm. Started playing in my mm-hmm. brain, <laughs> and I just smiled and I sunk into Shabasah. Yeah. <laughs> so here I am in another country with another yeah. language, and I'm being brought home
0: that is... to my own heart. <laughs> and I into your own heart, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, yeah. that's the other. It's the other really interesting thing about I think society right now. Yeah. Um, and, and in a lot of ways it's, it's co-opted yoga, right? Yoga has now become an outward expression. Mm -hmm. Um, and we've lost the connection of utilizing the asana to, to kind of to search within you, right? Mm -hmm. Like finding, finding enough, enough freedom in the physical body and then confidence in the, in the mental self to, to use the movement to actually, to look inside and, and make, those huge monumental steps forward that sound like you, you found yeah. in your first yoga class. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we've we've kind of Americanized, whitewashed yeah. yoga right now, and it's it's an interesting thing. And I think one of, one of the things that's really unique about your teaching style is a um, really important, I guess, about your teaching style is that it really can, it connects back to that that inward search. I think you really you really have a lot of focus on on sending your sending your own mental abilities within you. There's a lot there's a lot of steps that have to happen to get there, right? Because you could have found that in the first class and then ended up in a in a in a on a path that didn't lead you to where you are now. Mm-hmm. What were the key steps? Like, how do we get to where, how do we get to Mary Bruce here today? What were the key steps that brought you here?
1: Yeah. Um, great question. Thank you. So, yeah, I found, um, you know, one of the maybe three or four studios that were in the Valley at the time and uh, started taking classes and waited till teacher training was offered again in 97 and then started teaching right away. But I think that the pivotal point for me was in 1998 when I went to... Estes Park in Colorado and met my teacher, Yavarupa Striker and it was, it was that same knowing, just like that first Shavasana, it was the same knowing. It was like he walked in the room and didn't even open up his mouth yet, but there was a presence, and I was like, oh, I paid attention, and then we started practicing, and we were doing pranayama and breathing techniques, and we were chanting, we were doing mantra within the poses, and then, uh, you know, and mudras and bandhas, and I was like, wow, I've been waiting my whole life for this as well. And, uh, so that, and then just studying with him every year as much as I could, you know, following him around to, you know, Los Angeles or Colorado or wherever he was teaching at least once or twice a year to fill my cup and then practicing that at home, having my own practice and being able to share that. And, um, and he said something really important in the very first retreat I went to, somebody asked him to be their guru. At lunchtime, and then he came back in the afternoon and said, You know, somebody asked me to be their guru, and he says, I'm really uncomfortable with that question. And he said, Because if I do my job well, I work myself out of a job and I lead you to the true guru within, and that's the light Mm. in your heart. Yeah. And so, you know, just taking all the steps and doing all the practices, and so it's so near and dear to my heart that I can't help but share it. And like you said, that we've kind of taken our culture and <laughs> placed it over on top of yoga and, you know, there's, there's room for both, for sure. you know, there, there's the exercise, there's the yep. asana. And then, you know, those teachers have a passion for that. Mm-hmm. And it's arta. So arta means it's, you know, kind of your means, your job. Mm-hmm. And then there's other teachers that, you know, it's their dharma and their purpose and their passion. And they want to share, you know, all of the gifts of yoga and not just one little piece of it and there's an there's enough for everybody because there's the students that just want to do mm. exercise the asana and then there's other people that you know have a longing for something more so i'm changing my views around that i'm trying to widen that lens mm. so that there's not judgment and uh, yeah. you know that
0: yeah there's makes sense. Uh, there's this um, they're not the, the, the they're not they're not exactly parallel so let me let me work my way back into <laughs> okay. this um, in one of the, in one of the Roman civil wars, um, Julius Caesar is kind of facing off against, um, might've been Pompey at this point. And, um, and, and, and they, they took different sides with Pompey. So Julius Caesar and Pompey are kind of leading two different legion armies. And Pompey basically said, anyone who is, a, not with me is against me, and Julius Caesar took the exact opposite approach and just said, "Anyone who's not directly with Pompey is with me." Mm. And I think that's mm. widening that scope and allowing uh, allowing your influence to be as broad as possible mm-hmm. is a much is a much better approach to life, right? Because even if you can make a tiny shift, right, if you can connect in one tiny little way to somebody and just draw them just a little bit yeah. little bit closer to the light. You've, you've shifted and you've moved the world in a really positive way that you could have decided to wall off and, and never really connect with. So I, I, like, I like that that's the new, the, 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 the philosophy right now, is really just open the approach and, and let everybody, let everybody in.
1: Yeah.
0: And there's, there's really, there's no, there's, there's no room for civil wars in yoga. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I think that's a, I think that's a fair statement. Um, so, so there's a, there's a quote out in the, in the ether from, from Rod speaking about you saying that there needs to be more Mary Bruce's in the world. (laughs) Do you agree with that?
1: Oh, wow. You read my bio. (laughs) You read what Rod said. Um, sweet. Uh, that was very kind of him. And, uh, yeah, it was very kind of him. It's, uh, to just honor the way that I'm voicing the teachings and bringing them forward. And that's really what it's all about, is that we're not cookie-cutters of our teacher, that we, we take the teachings, we practice, we make them our own, and then offer them. Uh, I would like to see more people doing that, yes. So not necessarily more Mary Bruce's, <laughs> but uh, I do influence a large number of students, uh, teachers yeah. in the Valley, because I do teacher trainings and have for quite a few years. And I always let them know that, too. It's like, you take these, you make them your own, you master it, and then you share it. Yeah. So the more that we can do beyond asana, the more transformational it's going to be. So asana is, you know, the physical poses. And if you start to bring in different ratios of breathing techniques, and you do a, um, a little bit of mantra, a little bit of Vanda work and you sit for meditation for even a minute at the end of the class, I guarantee you those students are going to have a deeper experience. Yeah. And you can start small. You know, we have a saying in uh, yoga that give them a healthy dose of what they want and slip in what they need. Yeah.
0: You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's one of our, it's, it's one of the things that you taught Erica. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we go, go back to that idea really frequently Uh, just it's a reoccurring theme Um, how can how can we can we make sure everyone um, everyone who interacts with our space here at Vitality is really thrilled with everything that they they interact with Mm -hmm. and at the same time how can we help everyone progress right what what are the things that we can do that might be that might be challenging Um, and that might might on the surface be things that would push push people away but but if we can get if we can get engagement and we can get involvement we we know that that as a as a collective culture we can we can take a a step forward and that's something that we yeah I love I love that quote and I I hadn't (laughs) planned on even getting that that in and then as you were talking I was like we have to somehow work that in and then you brought it up (laughs) so it's just perfect Um, when you, when you, when you go back in history, 16 year old Mary Bruce,
1: Hmm.
0: (laughs) what was the path? What was the path in 16 year old Mary Bruce's head?
1: (laughs) Do we really want to go down that rabbit hole? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh gosh. Such insecurity, such confusion. You know, moving a lot, trying to make new friends, being shy, didn't really know that there was just sensitivity. Yeah. And, um, you know, finding spirit in a different way, you know, through through alcohol, through bottles, through drugs. Okay. And, um, you know, seriously uh, going down the wrong path yeah. for, for many years, for about 15 years. So started that when I was 15 and then uh, I got sober when I was 30. So um yeah, and then yoga became a part of that path a few years later and it was like, oh, you know, it's all looking for spirit and yeah. just in different ways. Yeah. Looking for that, that piece of me that's whole in the midst of everything. So uh, I don't really think I knew what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I, I just didn't really aspire.
0: Yeah. So that's that's interesting. I I'm there's this there's this concept that we've been really actively diving in on and I, I think maybe maybe this is a, a, a dichotomic relationship where if you have a real a real spirit and passion for for progression mm-hmm. there's not a lot of room left for self-doubt um, I, I i i'm i'm really interested in this idea because there are varying degrees of of self-doubt right there's there's some people have a constant running internal dialogue that's just always saying hey we can't do this we can't do this we can't do this and on the other end of the spectrum there's people who who don't have that that dialogue um everybody has their own challenges their own mental limitations uh but i i I'm I'm starting to to think more along the lines if you can give people a, a purpose mm-hmm. and you can give people some type of forward target, mm-hmm. there just you start to see less and less room for the doubt because as you as you mm-hmm. grow as a human, you, the the confidence level also expands. It's a really it's a really interesting thing, and I think you hit that. You hit it right there.
1: <laughs> you know that voice still comes in. Uh, you know, and it's uh, one thing that my teacher had said at one point is, you know, notice the first thought of the first voice and forgive it. And then, you know, go on to the next best thought. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, it's like, there you are again. Okay, yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. No. And then, you know, either going to my mantra or my sankalpa and, um, you know, letting that be the more powerful momentum. And uh, because, you know, it was an old groove and it was, it was, it yeah. was a rut for a long time. And so yeah um, no longer necessary thank you for
0: sharing you know <laughs> yeah that's and the the thought of the thought of kind of grooves right it's the the deeper we the deeper we entrench our thoughts the harder they are to really work work our way out of um and and you would you say that when you found when you found yoga was there a was there a a significant lessening of that voice. Do you know?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. That whole first six months uh, was just like, you know, um, rose-colored glasses, pink cloud, you know, just having a love affair with life again. And and the reason was is because um, I was, you know, breathing. Yeah. my breathing patterns changed. Uh, My respiratory patterns went from, you know, shoulders up and only breathing shallow in the chest to being fully, uh, deeply breathing, which you know, changes your mind, your mind pattern. So I always tell my students that, you know, breath is for the mind, what the physical poses are for the body. And when you unite the two, you've got yoga. And so that's how we get ourselves out of this rut and we have more energy. So yoga also at its finest is energy management. You know, giving yourself enough energy so you can rest well. And then when you rest well, you take better care of yourself. And, you know, some of those old patterns just slip away. Yeah.
0: You know. Yeah. That's a, that's a really, that's a really interesting, I'm, I'm really happy that you brought that, you really made, you crystallized that thought for me, it was a fun, fun thing to dive into. Okay. Um, back into your history, mm-hmm. for, for a while, you were, you were touring with Sugarland, mm-hmm. right? Teaching, teaching yoga on the road. Right. Is that, is that something you're still doing, eh? Uh,
1: no, not, okay. not currently. Okay. Um, they took a hiatus, okay. uh, so I was out with them from, I think, the end of, uh, end of 2007 uh, into 2012, okay. and so for a good five years, uh, so much fun, so much fun. I met Jennifer Nells at a yoga retreat, and uh, she was with the band. I didn't know who they were, and uh, uh, when she came through Phoenix, she contacted me and asked me if I wanted to come to her concert, and I said, yeah, you want a yoga class, and And uh, so I taught the band, and an idea was born, so it was kind of organic and um, just a blast. I loved it. Loved being of service to them, loved the gypsy lifestyle of doing that. And then uh, they took a break. Jennifer got married and had a baby, and they both had some solo careers for a few years. And they're going to start a new tour this uh, summer, so they're going to be traveling around. They'll be coming through Phoenix. I'll see them for sure. And uh, putting it out there, I'd love to go back out with them. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. What,
0: what was, I fun. I get that. Mm-hmm. What was the experience like though? Because that, that musician lifestyle mm-hmm. pretty, pretty unique, right? So mm-hmm. the, the hours are different. The energy is really, really high and, and can be really low. How, how was that as a teacher? Like what was the experience mm-hmm. like as a teacher, as a human, great mm-hmm. time, cool life experience. Right, right. As a teacher, what was that like?
1: Um, it, for me, it was great. I've, I've always been a night owl, okay. so, you know, it didn't bother me to go to bed later, and um, I would sleep on the bunks okay. uh, in on the bus, and, uh, you know, they had these little blackout curtains that go across and keep it nice and cool, so you just have to get used to, you know, rolling on the road and sleeping like that yeah. with earplugs, and, uh, and so that was <laughs> fine, and then Kind of, uh, we'd have a, a pretty much a daily routine, and either do yoga before lunch or after lunch before sound check. So I'd be on call to what you know their needs were because they yeah. may have some interviews um, or uh, you know other other things that they yeah. needed to do, and. Yeah, so what I think the biggest lesson i learned is that you can do yoga anywhere and you can relax anywhere because I was kind of the Shavasana police at the yoga studios, <laughs> you know, I'd get my students in Shavasana, the next class would be like waiting outside, you know, chomping at the bit to get in and they'd be just chatting away with each other, I'd open the door and be like, shh, <laughs> they look at me like I have three heads, I'd shut the door and they'd start talking again. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, fine. And then so I get out on the road and we're in upstate New York at a, a fair, you know, doing a state fair. And um, my, my yoga quarters for the day are an open tent outside in the gravel and I'm like there's no place else, and she goes look where we are. And so I'm like I'm getting a broom and I'm sweeping up the cigarette butts and gum, you know, <laughs> putting a blanket down. There's rides going on. There's yeah. you no know, sound check from the other bands, and so I take them through you know a sequence. There was four of them, and and uh, and then I bring them into Shavasana and I, I watch them and I was like oh my gosh they are actually really getting. Into relaxation, they're they're dissolving into this place. You can do this anywhere. Yeah. So it was a great lesson for me. I learned a lot. And, uh, <laughs> so, it's perfect,
0: right? Yeah. It's like how. What a, what an example of being a teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you, you learned a lot. Yeah.
1: So and it's not about having the perfect space or the you know the the silence. It's to be able to rise above what's going on. Yeah. And then that's a really good life lesson and so one of the things I've been saying in classes lately is you know we don't do yoga to get better at yoga but we do yoga to get better at life mm. so the real yoga begins when we roll up our mat and walk out you know how, yeah. how are we being in the world in traffic yeah. <laughs> and to our friends and loved ones how are we interacting with the world like you said there doesn't need to be civil war you know between yeah. these different styles of yoga and uh, does it doesn't need to ripple back out into everything else hmm hmm
0: I think that I think the traffic one is perfect, right? Because how how often how often is there like right. this battle to get to a yoga studio, right? You know you end work and you rush to your five thirty class yeah. and you're fighting for every last spot in line yeah. and I I just just allow yourself to like work into the flow of the world. You yeah. can't there's no there's there's zero chance to defeat the flow mm-hmm. of the world. Mm-hmm. You just kinda have to sink into it. Yeah. Um and and using uh, because I have to do this. We mm-hmm. do this for every every podcast. I think okay. so far I've brought up the shopping cart thing. Right. So after you leave yoga, you're gonna go. You're gonna go to Sprouts. You're gonna go yeah. to wherever we're shopping, and you. If you took if you did if you did yoga class right, you're gonna put your shopping cart away. There's no way you can do a yoga <laughs> class right and leave your shopping cart exactly. in the middle of the parking lot. Exactly.
1: <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I'm trying to think back you know like probably pre-yoga I was that girl that left the shopping cart you know <laughs> and uh and I always do it's like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna take the shopping cart back and it's uh you know because otherwise it's gonna roll around yeah we're gonna have to dodge it and it's like it's good exercise I get a few <laughs> more steps I have the <laughs> privilege of being able to walk and it's and so
0: true <laughs> yes what an opportunity right? <laughs>
1: conscientious that's living yoga off the mat is to be considerate to be kind to one another
0: and and the idea the the you said it right the privilege to have two legs Mm -hmm. right we get so caught up in i have to do this and if if we were if things were if things were different there are a lot of times where where it would be a tr- for there are a lot of people who it would be a true a miracle for them to be able to walk and put a shopping cart away yeah. I think it it's really a, a really nice thing to remember mm-hmm. um, it's one of the things that I try to go to every every day like every day pretty much at the end of at the end of the day i I, I sweep the studio I sweep I sweep up and it just it's such it's something that I think a lot of people wouldn't find a lot of joy in, and mm-hmm. it makes me the happiest person on the planet. It's yeah, just, I get to sweep the studio. <laughs> how
1: great is this? Just, you create this space, and you get to clean it so that it's yeah. ready for the next crew. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: yeah. And those are those it's are actually, really important things. It is. Um, and and another thing that I think, if you do yoga right, you're a lot closer to those ideas of how how lucky and privileged we are. In everything, in every single thing we do here in this country, no matter who we are, mm-hmm. um, we we could have ha- We there are a lot of there are a lot of options that we could have been placed into without any control of our own. Mm-hmm. Um, that would make things a lot more difficult.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's a really nice thing for people to remember. <laughs> really nice thing for people to remember. Absolutely. What? What excites? You like what ignites your soul right now? Hmm.
1: Good question. Um, I have a couple things that uh, I'm leaning into creating some new content and some new workshops, and uh, perhaps traveling to present them. And, uh, yeah, just the beginning of the year, just percolating, you know. Got to, couple of blank journals and writing some things yeah. down and and uh, seeing what seeing what wants to come forward I'm not in a rush I'm kind of I guess you would call it a liminal space and uh, you know the place that I get into in Shavasana in a float tank yeah. and, and uh, in the past it was always like oh gotta you know get somewhere and look what everybody else is doing in fear of missing out and it's like no, let it grow within me. And um, so I don't really have an answer for that yet. I've got some ideas that are percolating and I'm waiting to see what cool. what manifests from that. Uh, and, and and you know, Christian from Sugarland, I remember one time he was I was asking him if I could read some of my writing to him and he says, wait a second, he goes, I'm catching a I'm catching a song. So I just loved that, you know, that instead of writing lyrics, you know, he's catching a song. It's yeah. coming to him. Yeah. And so I feel like I'm, you know, actively doing my practice and pursuing and then and waiting to see what wants to come forward from, from Mary and what can be of service. Yeah. You know, so what lights me up and then moves forward. Cool. I mean, it's a little esoteric, but that's where I'm at. <laughs> cool. So,
0: so this... If you had to, let's say i I forced you to, to... <laughs> no, 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 hey, no, going... <laughs> no no we're No, to we're gonna okay. I'm gonna let you have that. Okay. Right. But if we if if you had to take because you kinda touched on this, if you had to take 2018 mm-hmm. and describe describe 2018, the whatever that is, the entity of these 365 days, yeah. how how would you describe that?
1: Uh, Well, I'd say, actually, it's really started out beautifully, and uh, I have been taking even better care of myself, eating more food at home, getting more sleep, and uh, really getting into ritual, like, you know, lighting the beautiful candles that I've been gifted not waiting for special occasions, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that feels good, and when I do that, when I nourish myself, then I can nourish others, and that's where some of these ideas are percolating, and... um, yeah um bali i mean i'm going yeah. to bali in april and so that is something that i'm really looking forward to and really inspired about because i'm going to be offering deeper practices so i think it, it, simplicity and depth mm. uh, it might sound like a little bit of an oxymoron but mm-hmm. you know just simplifying and not having things be so elaborate and then just going deeper into these simple teachings and sharing those that's what i want to do I want to um, share the simplicity in, in, in a deeper way.
0: Yeah. This.
1: And I think that that's doable for people because life is so fast and busy. Yeah. And, you know, if we're giving them a bunch of, you know, you have to do this and you have to do this and you do this. You know, lately I've been saying, what if you just listen to the sound of your breath? When you get that negative mm. pattern or habit or thought that tells you you're not enough and then you listen to So hum. Mm. So on the inhale, hum on the exhale, I am. And if you just really, really settled into that life is a gift and that you are a spark of the divine, could that other voice live? No. And it's that simple, yet it's that challenging. (laughs) So,
0: yeah. Yeah. What if
1: we did that? What if everybody did that? And then, you know, we'd, we'd see the connection between each other. There wouldn't be this separation. Each one of us is a spark of the divine.
0: So, Whatever that means for you. Yeah. Right. And but, but connection is is something that as a, as a species, Homo sapiens, crave. We're mm-hmm. designed for. And we've, we've taken we've taken technology and we've kind of overlaid that over connection. Right. Mm-hmm. So in mm-hmm. instead of instead of real physical interactions and connections. We've now, we've now really offshored connection to, to devices and it's affecting things. I don't, I don't think, I mean, their Facebook is coming out in their quarterly statements and saying, Hey, we're realizing that we're not providing people with authentic interactions and we're going to change the way we're doing business, even if it hurts us financially because, the idea of what we do is connection you can make an argument whether it's or not but yeah. they're they're admitting right. that they're not providing real inner authentic connections right now how do we how do we as a yoga community what can we do to because in a in a room the, i think one of the reasons that yoga studios exist because you can do yoga anywhere Mm -hmm. (laughs) is that that community connection that hour hour and a half that you spend with with your community is really important and really valuable and really helps helps everyone have a have what they what get what they need fill their cup Mm -hmm. how can we take that and expand it out like what what can we do to push that further in the community
1: Mm -hmm. That's an interesting question. I think that you just have to keep showing up and growing that presence within yourself because you are practicing with community, yet you're having your own experience. Right? You're practicing by yourself within a group of like-minded people um, and if we stay present to some of the deeper techniques, then it's going to have a more lasting experience off But otherwise, and we go back to, you know, what we were talking about earlier, if it's just a physical practice, there's the good chance that you're going to be looking around and having those thoughts and comparing yourself to the other mm. person and trying to get there in your body where, you know, instead of paying attention to what's going on in you. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of that. So the more that we can be in group but stay present to ourselves and and um, use the subtle techniques, the more transformation we'll have and the more it will last. So how long is your yoga practice lasting? Is, mm. it, is, it, yeah. beyond, is it beyond the mat? Or do you just have to, like, get back the next day for that physical fix? Yeah. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, for
0: sure. It, yeah. It's exactly, you. I mean, that's exactly it, right? How long is your yoga practice yeah. lasting? When you roll up the mat and when you go back into the world, yeah. are you taking that with you? Yeah.
1: I did an experiment once, (laughs) I'm going to out myself, it was uh, (laughs) um, after the economy crash, and um, Rod had a retreat in Mexico, in Maya Tulum, and so I was going to it, and he said something, he says, you know, he goes, I wonder how many of you would be here if you hadn't, you know, paid for this, you know, six months out, and, you know, planned it out, and he said, you know, times are different, you know, everything shifted. Yeah. And so he approached practice differently. He approached practice for the times, the breathing techniques and the asanas and all of the rest of it was for what was going on in the world to -hmm. feed and nourish us and grow ourselves. And so I had seven days of that with community, with Mm -hmm. Sangha, but having my own experience with it. So when I got home, you know, I did a little practice, but I was like, huh, let's see how long this lasts. And it lasted for weeks. Mm. So seven days lasted for about three and a half weeks. And then it was like, okay, I get it. I'm going <laughs> to start to go back to those old patterns, you know, yeah. go back to your practice. Yeah. So I was kind of the guinea pig and <laughs> yeah. in, in my own... Uh, experiment there
0: that's great
1: yeah so you know the more that we can use these techniques so Mm. a daily meditation practice is going to take care of that Mm -hmm. you know a daily meditation practice like you said (laughs) that I said you know brush the tongue brush the teeth brush the mind yeah so it's like we take a a shower to cleanse our body so we have to meditate to cleanse our mind to have a clear perspective and then we can't help but see our own connection our connection with everyone else when our perception is clear
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's clarifying perception. Um, It really changes, it changes the way you interact with things. Um, When you're seeing, when you're seeing you, it's really hard to be a terrible person when you're seeing you. (laughs) Um, you. the, The idea of teacher, teachers, um, Really shifting the way they're approaching practice based upon, based upon what's going on. That seems it's it goes right back to what you said, right? Becoming brilliant at the basics Mm because if you think about the the simplicity, of course, you should shift what you're offering if Mm -hmm. if the times have changed. But but it's uh, it nothing is nothing is is easy right the simple and easy don't or simple and easy don't necessarily have a direct correlation Mm -hmm. they have an an interesting relationship with each other how often does your daily does your does your daily experience um like do you read into the daily energy that you're experiencing and bring that into your into your room absolutely every day
1: every day every day that's, you know, a significant part of pari yoga, which is vinyasa krama, which is why sequencing, I mean, you can sequence your, you know, practice, but you can also sequence your life. It's like, what do I need to do today? And how am I feeling? So it's like taking that little mental, physical snapshot and then designing the practice around that for myself. And then also in the room. Yeah. So I'm doing that on a daily basis. Now, you know, I've got different bodies in yeah. the room and they don't all need the same thing, but... Uh, I'm going to take a look at what time of the day it is, um, what season are we in, and uh, where in the world am I, and who's showing up in front of me, what is their mind like, is it dull, is it lethargic, is it racing, and then that gives me some information about how, what category of postures to work with and what breathing technique to bring in, and even what shavasana meditation to bring in. And I know I've done my job well when in Shavasana there's like no movement and everybody's like really integrated. Mm -hmm. And then same thing with meditation. You know, can I do a breathing technique that calms the mind but keeps them alert enough so that they can pay attention to the light in the heart. So that's the whole thing. We come in with our individual reasons and purposes for doing practice. Beautiful. Honor that. And then there's this overarching purpose is to unfold our own light. And that's Tantra. And one of the meanings of Tantra is to become aware of the wonder and the awe of being touched in the heart. Mm. <laughs> you
0: know,
1: that was my first experience in yoga. It was like, "Ah, oh, what's right. this? I haven't had this. Right. You know, I forgot who I was. Wow, here I am. <laughs>
0: here I am. Yeah. <laughs> that real... It it really... So one of the things that I, I wanted to ask you um, is what you think real magic is, but I think, I think what real magic is, is going to your first ever yoga class and yeah,
1: right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> connecting to your yeah. soul.
1: <laughs> real magic is nature, you know, whether it's being outside of nature, being connected to your nature, I mean, come on, the sun rises and sets every day, but I've never been bored with it. Yeah. It's like, you know, if I forget, you know, if I'm in a, you know, place where I, you know, feel less than or low or depressed, all they have to do is go over to Papago Park or up to, you know, 32nd Street and Lincoln and whatever that, yeah. um, um, what's the name of that one? Something Ridge. And, uh, and, and, and climb a mountain and get to the top of that and see the sun coming down. And I'm like, wow, you know, there's that brilliance. That's wonder. That's awe. That's magic to me. And, uh, never once have I been bored with that. <laughs> You know, real magic is, it's it's just all of nature. It's essence. It's whatever sparks you. You know, for everybody it's different. Yeah. So for some people it's art. For some people it's science or math, you know? Yeah. You might really get into that. So I think it's whatever lights us up inside. And mm-hmm. we have to pay attention to that. That's our yes. That's our soul speaking to us. You know?
0: So one of the other one of the other kind of concepts is pretty reoccurring and and becoming legendary is this idea of of chasing chasing purpose, right? Um, chasing purpose. Purpose, yeah. So so f- and and it's several of us have <laughs> several of us have, have shifted away from from a corporate world and mm-hmm. and come into into some type of passion. And at the same time, um, it's it's not it's it's almost not fair to to try to put that that shape over somebody else, right? If if somebody else is even if somebody it's a very it's a very difficult conversation, right? If someone's really unhappy in their in their current life. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they feel, oftentimes they feel really tied into the the financial component of where they are. What advice, what advice can you offer that person, right? The person who, who has this, this other passion, Mm -hmm. um, and this is a, this can be a really scary conversation, Mm um, for a a couple of of levels i had a couple in the first couple years we were open i had a couple floaters come in we just had a conversation about life and then a week later they came back and told me that they quit their job because of me (laughs) (laughs) i was like what we did not have that same conversation yeah um but what can you do to what can you do to kind of offer the branch of hey you feel like you're stuck um, you're in, you're, you're living this existence that you're not thrilled with, right? Your, your existence is not lighting your soul on fire, mm-hmm. but you're not going to give it up. Mm-hmm. How do we, how do we find a, how do we find something to offer there?
1: Mm-hmm. This is, um, traveling into the category of the four purushartas in, in, in yoga language or, you know, The Four Desires, uh, Rod's book, but, you know, it even goes beyond that. It goes back to ancient yoga. Um, and Arta is the means, you know, the food, clothing, shelter. So, yes, there's, you need a certain degree of that to thrive in the world. And so it can be scary if you've got a really good job that's paying the bills and feeding your family, yet you're not completely happy with it. Yeah. And so then that next category is dharma, and that's your purpose. And it may not be the career, you know. Yeah. It's the spark that is you that is in your career and is in because our careers change from time to time, mm-hmm. but we bring ourselves with us. Mm-hmm. So that's the purpose that would be like that that big purpose, um, and. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say to pay attention to the little things that light you up, like I said before, and to make little steps to giving yourself some space in that arena, you know, whether it's like music or art or writing, um, you know, adventure, travel, to weave that in Yeah. and then see if you can, you know, even create some more space. Yeah. Um,
0: space is perfect. Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm not trying to market the four desires but it, it's it's a whole process that helps people unfold that and you know you don't want to throw the baby out with the bath water and just quit what you're doing but you do want to start to you know create some more space around hey what are my possibilities yeah. what are the steps that I can take you know taking the you know the right step at the right time the right next step yeah and that's the promise mm. of the Gayatri which I chant before mm. every class and it's about recognizing the brilliance in the heart and letting the head bow to that, and then taking the right action at the right time. Part of our problem in our culture is that we're so um, intellect-based, and um, masculine, and not in um, a gender, Mm -hmm. but just that the mind, the mind goes first, and really it's our intuition that we need to start paying attention to, to that, um, Mm -hmm. that call of our soul, and then place the intellect on top of that, and then they can work beautifully together but we're all about action, we're all about having a little bit of awareness, and then what do I do? Instead of sitting in that middle space, which seems to be where I am, um, this liminal space that is acceptance and going, oh yeah, okay, well this is happening, okay cool, let's hang out here for a while, and, and instead of the rush to do something where we end up back, looping back to where we've always been. Yeah. Does that make sense?
0: It makes perfect sense. And it, and I think it, you hit it perfectly on the head with the necessity for space. Mm-hmm. Because if you allow the, which very frequently happens, you'll, you allow the work life to fill all of the available free resources mm-hmm. in your life. You, there's just no, there's no freedom yeah. of, of, of latitude to make any adjustments in the life cycle. Yeah. And you really be, get into, you can fall into this pattern of... Of pure existence Mm -hmm. and and you have to create space for you and within that space allow allow room for joy
1: right joy absolutely it's it's super interesting (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure Uh, Uh, yeah so you asked about you know what's magic magic is joy what lights you up yeah Yeah. If I can go back to um, when you said that after a float that you'd have a conversation, what is the float but space? Yeah. You are lying there in just this perfect space. Yeah. Uh, where there's nothing to do, and so of course, then. It's true. You're going to get some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna
0: come up. It's a vulnerable. It's a vulnerable position to yeah. be in because you've created so much space. To. Mm-hmm. So, astute yeah. point Mary yeah. and it
1: might be that you know that's the first time they've ever actually had sure. that much time an hour to themselves to actually rest and do nothing and then it's that little voice inside going huh yeah you know and then they come out and have a conversation with you yeah. and it's like it sparks something else and then they're starting to take action yeah. Like,
0: yeah yeah that's that's a really it's a really interesting and and you're right for a lot of people that that float experience right that's that's there for Shavasana. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's you. It's shavasana with without the the prior previous asana. It's just right. it's, it's an it's a shortcut, mm-hmm. and it's an interesting it's an interesting space to be in. Yeah. You know, right yeah, now yeah. you're in that space. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> this podcast is coming from that
1: space.
0: <laughs> All right, last last couple <laughs> questions. One. What is the what is the most interesting, craziest, whatever it is? The, the the thing that sticks out, this one thing that sticks out that you've experienced from one of your teachers. One whatever. Action, thought, whatever it is.
1: Huh. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to filter it because this is what... Yeah. And it's not anything necessarily <laughs> like, you know, deep, profound... Um, you know Sanskrit teaching, but uh, it was just a question. Somebody asked my teacher um, if his wife did yoga, and mm-hmm. uh, you know he says, and he was just very thoughtful, and he sat up there and he says, you know, no, Gina doesn't do yoga, and he said she is yoga. Yeah. And it was just you know, and I know her, and she's a dear friend, and, and she's just she's, um, she's love. Yeah. She just pours love out of her. And so I just, it was, um, it it just really struck me that, huh, you know, here we are all practicing yoga to try to get to what she's already mm-hmm. pouring out into the world with just this big heart and this smile and loving everybody, you know, just yeah. this mother of the universe. Yeah. And she was, you know, always nourishing us with her food, which is now turned <laughs> into, you know, uh, a line that's out in all yeah. foods and these yeah. amazing organic soups. But it was just that... Yeah, no, she, she is yoga. And it's like, oh gosh, we're all trying to do something. But mm-hmm. what we're trying, what we need to do is embody, embody what the practice is.
0: Which and takes us right back to the internal, external, right? Like we're all trying to do something to, to better ourselves. Mm-hmm. Where we, we need to reapproach that view and look inside and 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 that's that's it, right? Like reflect in internally and that's how you make yourself a better a better human.
1: Right. Um what we're looking for is seeking us. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's all right here. Yeah we can chase everything outside and get caught and confused, but when it's all set down to, you know, one of my favorite words in yoga is Shtiti, and it comes from Samasti. Uh, which is a Dangas version of Tadasana, and it's to stand. It's to stand in um, Shtiti, and it's the unsurpassed calm that arises out of the ground of your being. Mm. So out of being, and it goes right back yeah. to Soham. If you knew, you know who you were. If you knew that that light in your heart is brighter than ten thousand suns, how could these other insecurities creep in? How could we yeah. see other in someone else?
0: It's. I mean the insecurities just they really win. And then this goes to to one of my favorite quotes, um, Ben Bergeron, who just says I'm gonna I'm gonna jumble it so it'll be a little mm-hmm. paraphrased. Okay. But something along the lines of um, confidence has nothing to do with winning or losing. Confidence is knowing that you giving your best effort is enough. Yeah. And when we if we can, if we can somehow internalize the idea of always putting forward our best foot, being all we need to do, life gets really, really good. And, and, and yoga gets really good. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think 70 to 90% of, of yoga is spent in competition. Yeah. And that's why in the, in our intro we talk about or one of my one of my favorite quotes is there's there's no gold medals for down dog, so <laughs> right. then, then there there's never I, yeah, someone's like good. there's I a yoke know, <laughs> you should definitely <laughs> so if we can if we can get away from comparing ourselves to to the mat next to us mm-hmm. or or the car next to us or mm-hmm. the life next to us because even if If we we win the competition, all we've done is cleared the bar of the person next to us. Mm -hmm. We've we've therefore set our potential to their potential instead of embracing whatever our potential is and allowing that to fully play itself out by continually doing the best you can do in every moment and every opportunity. Mm -hmm. Back to basics.
1: Yeah. Um, my assistant, you know, Susan, and Susan Drury and wonderful friend. And she always says to me that comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. It's so true.
1: Can we have the joy on our mat and not care what anyone else is doing? Yeah. And the Bhagavad Gita teaches us that our own work done imperfectly is far better than doing someone else's perfectly. So that goes back to finding, you know, your purpose and your passion. Yeah. And uh, and then that's Dharma, you know. That that's what we bring.
0: And this is a question that we get asked a lot. So good opportunity to share. The reason we don't have mirrors, in vitality, is Mm -hmm. because mirrors become, an attention point for competition. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: Even if it's just competing with the reflection on the wall, you can lose. I lost myself in too many practices looking at a mirror yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to ever allow mirrors in here. And yeah. they're helpful in a lot of ways because you For can see line different lines. things. Yeah. But we have made that decision and now, now everybody will know. We yeah. don't have mirrors because you, there's just too much competition. And even if you see the other parts of the room. Just, yeah. there's, it's much easier to not worry about anyone else if you can't see them.
1: Agree. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, last question that I have for you. Do you have any questions for me? Um, you can say no.
1: I don't. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for carving out the time for us. Yeah, this was you're
1: awesome. welcome. <laughs> it was great. You know, this is, this is connection, face-to-face, yeah. conversation, being present, listening yeah. to one another, and uh, that's how we're going to get back to it. You know, we need more of this instead of hiding behind screens and yeah. making comments. And, uh, yeah, I've got a real push-pull with that because I have to do in a certain degree for social media, for marketing, yeah. and, you know, staying relevant. And, yeah. But this is, you know, this is what speaks to my heart.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mary. Thank you. I appreciate
1: Patrick it. And vitality. <laughs>
0: And that is this week's episode with Mary Bruce. I hope you had a blast. I hope you learned something. We will be back in two weeks with more incredible conversations to share with an incredible group of people. Peace.